We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my beautiful friends. I'm so honored to be spending some time with you here today on Journey to Center on Empower Radio. Would you say that you are struggling or suffering right now? Buddha has said our suffering comes from our attachments. Years ago, as I contemplated this statement, I wasn't sure it was true for me. However, I have to admit, as I've softened my attachments and I've made them more like preferences, as I've loosened my clenched fist around my desires and live with a more open hand and open heart, it does seem like I suffer less. And this isn't always easy. We can't help but desire to be happy, healthy, loved, and prosperous. We cannot keep from wanting the ones we care about to be okay. It is natural and even innate to want wonderful things in our lives. So what do we do with our attachments? How can we surrender them so we can live a more relaxed, fulfilling, free, and truly love-based life? Well, that's what we're going to delve into, explore, and discuss here today. We have the very significant privilege of having with us Don Miguel Ruiz, Jr. He's a direct descendant of the Toltecs of Eagle Knight lineage and is a Toltec master of transformation. He is the grandson of Madre Sarita and the son of Don Miguel Ruiz, who was the author of New York Times bestselling The Four Agreements, The Mastery of Love and the Toltec Art of Life and Death. After decades of training, Miguel Jr. has taken the lessons of his grandmother and father and discovered his own personal freedom. Then he was ready to share everything he had learned. Today, as a Nawal, Miguel Jr. helps others claim and cultivate their own optimal physical and spiritual health so that they may achieve their own personal freedom. We are here today to talk about his book, The Five Levels of Attachment, Toltec Wisdom for a Modern World. So, Don Miguel Ruiz Jr., thank you so much for saying yes to this conversation today. Hi, Tammy. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me on your program. It's such an honor and very grateful for the opportunity. Oh, I'm so excited. I love your teachings. I love your books. I've uh, received so much um, support from your father and from you with your wisdom. So I'm just really, really, really grateful for this and grateful to be able to share you with our audience. Oh, thank you. So let's just start with this. What is a Toltec and how are you a part of this um, lineage? Well, sure. Uh, The word Toltec is a Nahuatl word that in English means artist. If I translate the phrase, the Toltec art of transformation into 100% English, it means the artist path of transformation. I am an artist and the canvas for my art is my life. And the instruments I use to create that art is my my body, my mind, the the will by which I express myself, and that's that's the the, the idea belief that we have as a society. The Totics existed over five hundred years ago, and it ended uh, with the expansion of either the Aztec Empire or the Spanish Empire. Regardless, it ceased to exist as a as a culture or as a civilization when you lose that central central point so when the conquest happened 
it became an oral tradition and it was shared from family to family, community to community, from one generation to another. And my family came from that descendants. And of course, my great grandfather, my grandmother's grandfather, Don Ezequiel Macias, he's the one who said that we are descendants of the Toltec. And that's the thing about oral tradition, that it goes back as far as living memory. Mm-hmm. And you can say that we came from the small little town of Juanacatlan, Jalisco. And from that place, from that area, we come from, from each generation, Don Ezequiel, his son, Don Leonardo, and his daughter, Madre Sarita, and Madre Sarita's son, Don Miguel Ruiz, and myself. So I come from this lineage because I was born into this family. Very fortunate enough for that because I love my family. <laughs> and, you know, I love my grandma. I love my dad. I love my, my aunts and all that. That's, to me, that's the important part of all of this. Yes. And I engaged this tradition because I love them. Little by little, that tradition began to be something that I understood because life became my teacher. And I understood my grandmother's teachings and my father's teachings at that level because it became, you can say, something that I learned in life that it was relevant. So I put it into my own words and I began to teach. So here I am. Yes, it, it does seem like you followed in your father's footsteps, which I'm so grateful for. Oh, and thanks. it does definitely seem like you have a similar vibration, although you have your own way of expressing it. It's still um, profound truth. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Well, I have to admit, I, I feel like I'm both my dad and myself were walking on my grandmother's footsteps because it's, mm-hmm. it's to me it was it was her desire to share the community uh, this tradition. You know, because her father and her grand father than Ronaldo were only able to teach the tradition to a select few because it was still somewhat taboo because even though the whole inquisition didn't exist anymore the taboo that it left was so prominent and then my grandmother Sarita she was the one who had that desire to share it with the community so when she came to San Diego California she opened a small little temple mm-hmm. and in that little temple she did healings and such things like that but on Thursdays and Sundays she gave lectures and sermons so she began to teach the, the tradition outside the family for the very first time probably ever and the community of San Diego inducted her into the San Diego Women's Hall of Fame for keeping that tradition alive and they honored her so it, it was, it's I say that because if you contrast that to what her father and grandfather had to go through to have a community honor her for sharing the tradition, quite powerful studying, and her dream to share that and have that message to go around the world. You can say that my father did that. You know, my father followed her in her footsteps and was able to combine the old symbology, the old lessons, and put into a language that we all understand, what he would call common sense. And the four agreements was born. You know, him being a medical doctor being a faith healer, spiritual healer, he combined the two worlds and put to language that bridge between the, the, the ancient ways and the modern days, and that's where I come in. So in, in that sense, I'm following my father's footsteps. So Miguel, I'd, I'd like to know um, how you would describe or explain what a Nawal is. Well, sure. Uh, we have three definitions for Nawal. Uh, first is the, a spiritual teacher, the second a spiritual guide, but the third one you can say is the energy that animates this body. You know, if you look at the one of the laws of physics called um, 
basically goes that in order for an object to move, there needs to be a force that moves that object. So okay. that object is what we know as tonal, which is what's called matter. So my body we, we, we would be called a tonal, the, the, the object, matter, mm-hmm. and the nawal would be the energy that moves matter. So the spirit or the soul or intent that animates this body, that animates this mind, is what we would know as the nawal, the energy that flows through this body and not only, that gives life to this body. So and you can say that I am not this body, I am not this mind, but I am the force that gives life to both, which means I am the whole. So the Nawal is basically that life force that gives life not just to this body or your body or or anyone else's body. It's the, the, the energy that gives life to the tree, to the to the branches, to the animals, to life. Oh, I love so, that. So yes. from that point of view, it's the same as intent, but it's, it's the way we understand it. So when I say I'm a Nawal, I describe myself as the formless that gives life to me. Very good. I love that. Yeah, the animating force of um the planet that's fantastic i haven't heard it described quite like that that makes it make a lot of sense no it, it, so, it, it took me a long time to understand it in that way because at first when, <laughs> well, I, when you, I used to, it, it it's it, when i was growing up I, it felt like it was some mysterious thing and little by little little by little it's 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 when you stop looking for definitions and you start looking for the experience and and, and it's in the experience that i began to understand that particular lesson and I it, it, it yeah, and it became something that I'm, I'm alive, and that's that was what taught me what a Nawal is. I'm I'm a living being, that I'm the sum of every choice that I've ever made, and at the same time, I'm the youngest I will ever be. How do I want to live my life? Oh, I love that. Very beautifully put. You do have a way with words. Oh, thank you. So I'm really excited about getting into um, this book because I do feel. This has been a big lesson for me to, to learn to surrender my attachments, to relax and soften and align, I think, with um, the energy that animates the universe in a wall, I guess. Um, can you briefly explain what the five levels of attachment are? Sure, sure. We can do that. Um, let me use the, this image, this imagery. Uh, let's imagine a flower called awareness. And this awareness is basically being a being able to perceive life as is. So there's a question in my in the book that my grandmother asked me, which is, do you control knowledge or does knowledge control you? So I'll answer that question in each level to amplify that. Level one, the authentic self. Imagine that flower of awareness being completely open and it's completely engaging life. So you can say that the answer to my grandmother's question at this level is that I am a living being regardless of whatever I have whatever belief I have or idea, I'm alive and I'm aware that I'm alive. And I'm the infinite possibility because I'm alive at this very moment. Mm-hmm. So that would say be level one. I'm a living being. A level two preference. Basically, because I'm the infinite possibility, my preference is to say yes to which direction I want to go in in life. So imagine a flower that engages a moment and when the moment is over, it disengages. So you say a flower that closes briefly and when the moment is over it opens up again so you have a, a pulsating flower that engages with every moment depending on what environment like for example if you're in los angeles that flower engages and closes up and, and closes really rapidly and in boise idaho it, it, it goes a lot slower you know as it engages so the answer to my grandma's question is that 
I am I am aware that I am the authentic self, and I use knowledge as an instrument that informs my choices. But I'm the one making the choice. Mm-hmm. Then at level three, identity. Imagine a flower that engages the moment and closes, but when the moment is over, the flower doesn't open up. It stays there. So the answer to my grandmother's question is knowledge and I are one. Because at that point, it's identify myself through this knowledge as I attach myself to something. Mind you, the word attachment is to make something that's not a part of you a part of you by investing of yourself emotionally, intellectually, Mm -hmm. or psychologically to something to make that thing. So one of the things that we tend to do to attach ourselves to a moment is to make it a part of ourselves by identifying ourselves with our identity as a symbol or basically we hold the identity as a mask. So it's a moment where, say, I can call myself a vegan even after when I'm not eating. So I engage a moment, and even when I'm not engaging that moment, I still call myself that. So mm-hmm. I can call myself a Toltec even when I'm not re- reading the Four Agreements or something like that. And we don't live up to the expectation. We get the punishment. So basically, my answer, the, the answer to my grandma's question is knowledge gives me the rules by which I live my life and the rules by which I love myself. With that being said, it's the moment where you can say it's no longer about the tradition of the vegan tradition, about its its belief and ideas and how we use it, but it, it becomes this instrument by which I love myself conditionally or unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Sorry, conditionally, sorry. Because if I live up to the expectation, I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy of the name. But if I fall short, if I eat gelato, for example, and I, I because it's made with milks and eggs, I lose vegan edge and I begin to judge myself and I judge myself and it's no longer about the tradition. It's about, and it becomes an instrument to judge myself, to reject myself. So you can say that it's the beginning of the distortion. And the same thing with the four agreements. At that point, I attach myself so much to the symbol of the Toltec that I turn the four agreements into the four conditions as I begin to use the four agreements to domesticate myself. Mm-hmm. And a telltale sign of that is judging myself for taking it personal, making an assumption, Doing my not doing my best or not being impeccable with my word, and I judge myself. That's the telltale sign that I'm domesticating myself with the four agreements, which leads me to level five fanaticism, mm-hmm. where imagine that flower being completely closed, where I now not not able to not even see life as is. I be, see life as a distortion because mm-hmm. now knowledge has complete and total control of me. You see, as we go up the levels of attachment, I lose control of my own will. Mm -hmm. At level one, level two, level three, I still have my free will. I'm able to say yes to the things I want to say yes to and no to the things I want to say no to. That's free will. To have personal freedom is to be able to express my will with that kind of freedom. But at level four and level five, my yes and my no is subjugated to a belief system. And at level five, fanaticism, it's completely and totally subjugated that I'm not even able to see myself as a living being nor an, any other person. I see myself and others as the person, personification of an idea that I either agree with or disagree with. Mm-hmm. I lose touch of humanity, my own and others. So at that point, that nightmare that we see in the world is present, mm-hmm. where well, if you live up to expectation, you get the reward, but the punishment is hate, anger, prejudice, racism. And it's, it's easy to kill or, or do anything to the, 
or violate someone's well humanity because they're not human they're just a symbol so each each the levels of attachment from that point of view is an instrument to become aware of one how attached i am to a belief to the point where my identity and my will is subjugated to a belief in that a belief is more important than my own life and it's also the way that i've learned how to love myself conditionally mm-hmm. so from that point of view that's the levels of attachment. There are instruments to become for, that allows me to become aware of my yes. truth at that one moment, and I have a choice. Do I want to stay at that level of attachment? Do I even want to increase it? Or do I want to let go? And yes. that's the key. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it seems like the more we're attached, the more we suffer. It comes back to just what Buddha was saying. The more we're yes. attached to something, the more we suffer. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. So as we surrender our attachments, I do feel like that is how I've come back to winding up with, I say, my soul self or my authentic self. Mm. Relax. Yeah. Let go and come back to my soul self. And it's funny, as I do that, miracles happen around me. Things happen that I couldn't make happen on my own. And it really is a much more magical way of living. Yeah, exactly. For example, with... The teachings of Buddha, when we detach from something, the detachment from materialism, for example, me growing up, that, that was very similar to detach from materialism. Mm-hmm. Well, detach from what? That's the thing is that I became aware that the attachment is not in itself to the object, but what the object means to us. Mm-hmm. So right. from that point of view, it's an attachment to knowledge. And, and to knowledge, if you see it from the point of view of compassion, someone who is materialistic or is attached to material things, are basically thinking, they believe that idea that in order to be win, you have to be, he, that boy or child who dies with the most toys wins. Mm-hmm. They believe it. You know, if, 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 if you see it from domestication, if they don't have those material things, then they're not worthy of love. They're not, they're, if they don't have it, then how can anyone respect them? From that point of view, you can totally see the how domestication came up to that. That, yes. it, that their attachment to material things has nothing to do with the objects, but what those objects bring to their life, that right. they're someone in the world, they uh, have status. That we use is an empty symbol whose definition completely subject to agreement. And we give up. So to become completely aware that that object, that symbol, that material possession only has power because we give it power, just like a belief. A belief only exists for us to say yes to it. The moment you change your mind and change that yes into a no, that belief ceases to exist. And like Neil deGrasse Tyson said, the guy from Cosmos and Nova, the truth exists whether you believe in it or not. So we can say that a belief only exists while we say yes to it, which means a belief is an just like the definition of what an object means, whether you drive a Mercedes-Benz or a Rolex, it's just an object that just like gold only has meaning or value because we give it value. So the attachment to knowledge and it's, it's, is what distorts our perception. To detach is to become aware that we're the ones power and we take that power back. Point of view, everything everything is perfect because it exists at this very moment yes and that is something I get so often when I meditate Um, what I hear most of the time is like what do you want what should I do it's relax relax 
trust. Everything's in divine right order. Just relax. <laughs> and I was like, but what do I do? Relax. <laughs> yeah. Just trust. Relax and trust. All is in divine right order. But it, it took me a while to really believe that. And when I don't meditate, I start to forget. But it is the truest truth. Everything's oh, yeah. okay despite what's going on in that, that crazy world mirror. I really believe yeah. that. It's like the Rolling Stone says, sometimes you can't always get what you want, but you find you get what you need. Isn't that the truth? It may not it's look the way we want it to look, but we are safe. We are loved. We are supported. Yeah. We're alive. Just relax. Yeah, while we're alive, anything is possible. You see, I have a dear friend, a teacher, who taught me this great lesson. The key to enlightenment is effort. Well, let me add to that lesson. Discipline is remembering to apply that effort every day and knowing that I am the infinite possibility that I can go in any direction. That effort simply means the ability to use this energy that animates this body to manifest something, to take that step, to, to make that movement. You know, like I said, the same energy I use to move my arms, to move my legs, is the same energy I use to create a thought. And I can think of so many possibilities. And for as long as I'm alive, and I, if I like one of those possibilities, I can manifest it. Mm. And that's the beauty of it all. I'm alive. You are an artist. Yep. Your creative medium is life. I love it. This is really yep. great. Yeah. So, Miguel, how um, can people connect with you? I know you teach. I know you speak because you were just in Boise recently doing a book signing. How can people get a hold of your book, books and find out more about what you're doing and where? Sure. Well, you can find me in my home base, which is Miguel Ruiz Jr. That's Miguel Ruiz Jr. My home base. You can also find me at my father's website, Miguel Ruiz .com, But social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, I'm, I'm in there. But uh, my main home base is my website. Very good. So, yeah, you, you do seem like you are out there and you are accessible and you are really sharing a lot of really um, helpful tools and wonderful wisdom. And, and again, I'm so grateful that. Um, oh, thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, this is really quite enjoyable. Well, we have a few moments left here. And there's something that you talk about that I also felt was very helpful. And um, it kind of goes along with what you've been saying a little bit. And it is the smoky mirror. Can you tell me a little bit more about the smoky mirror? Sure. Well, that, that's one of our one of our oldest stories in the Totec tradition, at least in my family's tradition. And what it is is that it's a shaman who who's an apprentice, you can say, and one day has a moment of realization, a moment of clarity, and he becomes aware that he is divinity, that he's alive, that we are all made of stars, and he becomes aware of it by looking into the reflection of a pond inside a cave. And he sees himself just as he is. And he becomes aware that there's this smoke that doesn't allow him to see. But for a minute there, he sees into his eyes and he becomes aware that he is alive. And as he comes out of, this, out of the cave and looks into the stars, he becomes aware that the stars and he are one, that they're all alive. And that's only the smoke that distorts our perception that doesn't allow me to come, become aware of that. So you can say that the, the story of the five levels of attachment, the way I describe it, is the story of the smoky mirror, but said in a different way. At level five, the smoke is so thick, you can't see beyond the tips of your nose. Mm -hmm. At level four, the smoke begins to disappear, dissipate a bit, actually, and you begin to see a reflection in, in, in front of your mirror. 
and you think that the reflection is the truth, then little by little you begin, you begin to really clear that smoke and you become aware that you and the reflection are one. And then little by little by with more work, you become aware that the, the reflection in the mirror is only reflecting the truth, that I am the truth, that the, the, the smoky mirror is the truth. And you become aware that I am the truth at level two. And at level one, there's only one being, which is me. If, if I use the example of the tree of life and a tree of knowledge, the tree of life looks, looks around and sees nothing but smoke and can't see an, any other tree at level four. He sees another tree and he thinks that the tree of knowledge is the truth. And at level three, the tree of knowledge and the tree of life are one. Then at level two, the tree of knowledge is just a reflection of the tree of life. And at level one, there's only one tree, the tree of life. That's another way to describe the story yes. of the smoky mirror. I, am I love one. that. Yes. You, you, again, put it so um, well. It's very um, comprehensive, and it, it uh, comes back full circle to where we started with this conversation. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and you know what? I call this, Miguel, is the journey to center. Yep. It's coming back to um, our authentic self and love and that oneness. Yeah, and, and I, I could say that that's, that's a personal journey, and then yes. little by little you get to this point and goes, now what? Well, we, we, don't, we don't live isolated in an ashram. We don't live isolated in a hill. We don't live isolated in a monastery. We live in this everyday life. Yes. And my, my newest book, The Mastery of Self, is exactly that because it's a moment where we reach that center and we mm -hmm. reach it at certain different stages of our life. And several times we come back to it. But we don't live isolated. We live in a dream of the planet. So how do we stay in our discipline as we engage everyone in life. Everyone we engage are in different stages of their own awakening, in different stages of their levels of attachment. Yes. To stay in our awareness requires not only that discipline, but this constant awareness of who I am. And like you described, meditating allows you to come back. For me, it's running. I run, mm -hmm. and it's my form of meditation. Or when I hug my wife and I uh, hug my kids. Or I just simply enjoy myself a cup of coffee and I have a conversation with you yeah. that I'm aware that I'm alive. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the reminders. I am I the constant that. in every relationship I am in. How do I want to express my love? Mm, with an open heart and celebration. And um, I, I just really enjoy what you're saying and how you're the living example of your teachings. Oh, thank you. <laughs> really, really beautiful. So I am thrilled, Don Miguel, that you have said yes to another show with me because I do want to talk about your new book, The Mastery of Self, which is another extraordinary and powerful read. So to my listeners, I'm so happy that you spent some time here with us today and come back and listen to my next show with Don Miguel. It's going to be amazing. It's a really great book as well. And if you want to be in touch with me, I always want to hear how you're doing. Come to TammyBPhD.com. That's spelled with an I. You can ask a question. You can download my free guided meditation. I'm here to connect with you. To me, this is all about relationships, relatedness, and being in that loving presence with one another. So, Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. Don't you agree, Don Miguel? Most definitely. It's all about the relationships with <laughs> oneself and the people in your life. Yes. 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 Relating and our loving. And um, 
I have goosebumps just connecting with you, Miguel, and to my listeners. So, again, thank you so much. We are honored that we got to be a part of your day. Be in touch. Go to Don Miguel Ruiz's site. And are you on Facebook, Miguel? Yes, I am. I am. And I, I'm also on Instagram. I just started following you on Instagram. I, oh, I found you. you. Oh, yeah, funny. yeah, I, I found you. I doing that. I'm, I'm yeah. going to... Um, I I, I, I I admit I enjoy bringing an Instagram a lot better. It's a lot it's a, it's a lot smoother because um, the other one I'm like I'm it, it's it's crazy a little bit but it's fun. <laughs> I I like the crazy. A little crazy is good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Get in touch with us. It's it's again it's all about the love. So, God bless you. Take care of yourself. Onward and upward. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>